Hi there. You're listening to the $6 million Treks in Sci-Fi podcast. I'm Rick. And I'm Rick. Hey, wait a minute. There's two of us. Well, you're the you're the more significant Rick. I don't I'm the think minor so. Rick. I don't think so. I would <laughs> say I would say that I'm the I'm I'll be Rick and you be Richard. How does that sound? I can do that. Okay. Well, anyway, I'm Moyer seven 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 from the forums at Treks and Sci-Fi, and you go by what do you go by, sir? Actually, on the forums, I'm known as Rick Pete. Okay, so Rick Pete, you're going to be Richard now, and I'll be Rick. How's that sound? I can do that. Let's do this. Excellent. Well, you know, a while back, you and I were chatting, and we talked about something that would be really fun to talk about on the Treks and Sci-Fi podcast. And so here we are, talking about one of our favorite ever TV series, The Six Million Dollar Man and the Bionic Woman. Yay! And in honor of that, in honor of that, I just brought my bongos so everybody could hear the bongos. So anyway, we should start off by playing (laughs) by by playing the theme song, shouldn't we, of the Six Million Dollar Man? Yeah. Okay, let's do it. It's fantastic. My favorite part of that, uh, Richard, was when when the ship goes tumbling across itself and goes into pieces. And then I'm just sitting there going, I remember seeing that for the very first time thinking, whoa, that's so cool. And my, you know, the, the interesting about the interesting thing about that particular piece of video. Yeah. That I learned is that video of that ship tumbling in the crash landing is real footage. Really? Yeah, there was actually a ship. Those those sort of wing-shaped ships are called lifting bodies. Oh, that's so and, cool. Yeah, and so they were doing some research on that in NASA, and the footage that you see is from a craft called the M2F2, and it was flown by a gentleman named Bruce Peterson, and it crashed at Edwards Air Force Base back in 1967. Did and it? That was the flight footage. Wow! Did he die? No, he didn't die. In fact, he really hardly got hurt at all in the crash. It was sort of miraculous. Um, but he's been on record as saying that he really hates the fact that every time he 
watches a six million dollar man he has to relive this crash oh i bet he does well and that that and the fact that he can run really fast now which is i suspect some some something there i don't know (laughs) i can neither confirm nor deny that (laughs) well the six million dollar man is probably one of the coolest shows back from the 70s that i can remember i remember when i was a little kid uh, I'd have to actually do the math to figure out how old I was, but uh, I remember seeing that, and um, my my brother and my sister would stay up and watch it. I think it was on at like eight or nine o'clock, and I had to go to bed, but I would uh, I would sneak down and watch around the corner because I just thought it was such a cool thing. And then, of course, automatically I began to uh, pretend like I was Steve Austin, you know, that I could lift things and jump higher, and and you know, and I go outside and run in slow motion. Oh, dude, I so did that. Like going to school in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And then I, I even got um, some action figures and everything else like that. And uh, it was just it was such a cool show just to think of. Um, I, I guess it was like the cyborg thing when you have part human, part robot and it's all working together. And the fact that they covered it up so that people didn't know. And then he used his powers um, like a secret agent man, which I just thought was what a great premise for a show, especially for uh, young kids like us that were just so mesmerized by that type of plot. It was just fantastic. Yeah, I don't know. I don't don't know how old you are, but I know exactly how old I was. Okay. The the pilot came out in 73. Okay. So that makes that that puts me at 13 years old. Okay, guys, do the math. Figure out how old. So how old are you then? Because I'm not a good math guy. So how old are you? I am 49. 49. I'm 44, so I would have been a lot younger. Yeah, you were a babe in the woods. Yeah, Yeah. I was was old and mature when it came out (laughs) (laughs) at the ripe age of 13. Uh, I loved it. And it actually aired – the pilot aired in 73, and it actually aired as the ABC movie of the week. Oh, how cool is that? You know, and then about – Six months after that one came out, they released two more sort of made-for-TV movies under the umbrella of the ABC, of ABC Suspense Theater. Okay, and it was after right. the third one they decided to actually make a series out of it. Well, it must have had good ratings, and they must have got a hit on their hands, and they said, well, let's go ahead and uh, make a series out of it. So that's cool. Yeah, okay. you know, as cheesy as we look at it now and say, man, it's those, those special effects were so cheesy – but back in the 70s, that was pretty high-tech special effects. I mean, there was no CGI. There was no computer-generated graphics. Yeah. It was pretty high-tech. When I mean, you think of what was out at that time, you know, old reruns of um, Star Trek. Star that Trek, was in yeah. the future. Yeah. And then you had Lost in Space, and that was really cheesy. Even when I was watching it, I knew it was cheesy. <laughs> right, right. But and yeah. Everything was really bad. So this was the first sci-fi show that really depicted a science fiction concept, but in a very reality-based approach. I mean, nothing else in that show was high-tech. It was just Steve Austin that had the high-tech bionics. Right. But, you know, he didn't have high-tech gadgets. It was just him, his ingenuity, and the bionics helped him to achieve whatever the mission was. Right. And I think as a kid, that's what intrigued me because I'm like, okay, he's every man. Well, yeah, he's an astronaut, and that was cool to me anyway. Yeah, but me too. He was kind of every man. I could be that guy. If I had, if I got into an accident, got the bionic arms, whatnot, 
I could go I and be do yes, you. yeah, exactly. And it was it was it's kind of like what fascinated me about the James Bond films is I really enjoyed the gadgets that he had and and his ability to go in and use technology. In this case, he you're right, he didn't use a bunch of different technology except for the fact that he was technologically advanced. And so he used those powers of the super strength and being able to, to see and everything like that. And of course, now if you're not familiar with the bionic man, there were several parts on him that were bionic. So when they went to replace the, the parts that had been damaged on him when he got in the crash, he had, now which arm was it that was bionic? Was it, it was the, the right arm. Hmm? And then two the, legs. Both legs and then his right eye. That's correct. That's correct. And if you watch the show, um, some nitpickers can get in there and see that sometimes they would goof up on on some of the ways that they would use like the wrong arm for something, but not very often. They 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 kept pretty well, uh, you know, right to the, what they needed to for that. But I thought that was really interesting. Now, when the um, we, of course we're gonna get to the the whole thing about the bionic woman. Now she had a different set of of uh, parts on her that were were bionic, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But uh, fascinating. And so of course you know all the little kids were out on the playground running in slow motion because the way that they depicted the special effects was slowing everything down instead of actually making it so you know and, and when they would jump you could you could tell that they had reversed the footage so that when steve would jump he was really jumping off the stuntman was jumping off of something but they filmed it and they put it backwards so but and then they always added the sound effects but not at first from what i understand no, in fact, there were very few, there were very few sound effects in the three tele movies that they did. Uh-huh. They, they didn't really add sound effects until about halfway through the first season, and even then, in the first season, the sound effects were really about the arm, right? But not running. They actually showed him just running with the camera sped up, right? Without right. Any, That's right. Anything. Um, That's right. But it was like later, towards the end of the first season and in the second season, where they started doing the. Slow motion and yeah, that was awesome. I love that. The eye didn't have actually, I wasn't even used as any special thing until about halfway through the first season where we learned that it had telescopic abilities, right? And it would go. Yeah. <laughs> I can't even do that. Anyway, the, the show was really imaginative, and it took our our nation by storm. People loved it. How many seasons did it last, Richard? Um, well, see, Six Million Dollar Man lasted for five seasons. Mm-hmm. It had about, I think, it had 103 episodes. Wow. And the Bionic Woman went for three seasons. And it was Basically, an off, it was an offshoot. They introduced Jamie Summers, who was the Bionic Woman, who was actually Lindsay Wagner. Um, yeah, yeah that the played the part. Um, but she was introduced. Now she sells beds. Yeah, she does. I have one. Do you really? Yeah, I have a, I have a sleep number bed because of Jamie Summers. Yeah. I mean, Lindsay Wagner. <laughs> you know, she suggested I got it and I sleep nicely at night now. Thank you very much. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so those three episodes, those three seasons dovetailed with the last three seasons of The Bionic Man. So the, when the Bionic Woman went off the air, so did the Bionic Man of the same year. Yeah, I didn't realize that. Yeah, and they had, a, and this I don't know if this was common in the '70s, but the two series had a lot of crossover episodes. You know, there'd be times when they would both be in one episode of the Six Million Dollar Man, or they'd both be in one episode of Bionic Woman. There right. were sometimes where one one show of a two-parter would be, one part would be in the one series. 
and then the second part of it would be any other series. Oh, that's really cool. I like that though. I think that's really cool. Well, and it forces you to watch both. I'm, I'm sure that that's what they were aiming for. That's pretty cool. Oh yeah, that's pretty neat. So now they did the whole. They did five years of the Bionic Man, three years of the Bionic Woman. I, I know it's Six Million Dollar Man. I don't know why I called it Bionic Man. But then they also did after the the series got over, they actually did some movies as well, didn't they? Yeah, they had um, they had three movies. One was in 1987. The other one was 1989, and the last was when last one was in 94. And I think, and they, they really were a three story arc. So so, so they continued on, right? Yeah, yeah. And the under the underlying story was really more of the reconnection and eventual marriage of. Jamie Summers and Steve Austin. Right. But it took them three movies to do it. Right. And of course, we all wanted to know what happened after the series ended, so we all watched, of course. That was a long that was a long time ago and and uh, I know it's hard to isn't it hard to get the movies? I know you can get the series on DVD, but the movies are a little tougher to get a hold of, aren't they? You know, it's funny when you think about this. I I didn't really think that 6 million dollar man was such a big deal at this point in time. But boy, you go on eBay and you look around on the on the web there is a huge collectible, yes, you know, group of people who are just all over this mm-hmm. six million man. Right? When we went to, when we started talking about doing this podcast, I wanted to at least get the movies, right? And I found the DVDs online, and I tried to buy them online, and one guy bought all three for about four hundred dollars. Wow. So I'm like, I don't think so. So I actually found <laughs> I found three VHS tapes and paid like forty dollars. <laughs> for the for the movies together, right? For the movies on the right. on VHS. So their quality isn't as good obviously as the D V D. Sure. But it was good enough to watch and enjoy. Sure. And you kinda got the continuing story of of uh Steve Austin and Jamie Summers, which is very cool. And they and then the movies also had the other actors in them too, didn't they have uh, in fact you know what would be really good? Why don't we take a quick break and then we'll come back and we'll talk about the the actual actors and wh- who they played in the series and who they played in the movies and uh, kind of go into that because several of them went on to do different things. And it'll be fun to talk about that and just kind of talk maybe about who our favorite character in the shows was. OK, awesome. OK, we'll be right back. Well, hey there, Rick and Rick. This is Rico, and I'm so happy that you guys are uh, putting together this cool and special uh, podcast for Trex and Sci-Fi about uh, the $6 million man, and uh, I think you're going to cover the Bionic Woman, too. And I thought I would just send you a, a few brief comments about uh, those uh, TV shows from uh, myself. I, I grew up on uh, those shows and obviously on, on Star Trek uh, as well, and those, uh, you know, both Six Million Dollar Man and the Bionic Woman were real big favorites of uh, of mine when I was growing up. Lovely majors as, as Colonel Steve Austin, the Bionic Man, or the Six Million Dollar Man, and uh, Lindsay Wagner later as uh, Jamie Summers, uh, the Bionic Woman. Uh, let me tell you a little bit, I guess, about my thoughts on, on Six Million Dollar Man. I, I, I loved the show, enjoyed it a lot, watched it, uh, I think, when it first uh, I think it first started as a, a, a TV pilot movie. You know, they did a lot of those back in, in those days where they would have like a two-hour pilot movie, and if it had a good enough rating, I guess, then they would turn it into a TV series. And I remember uh, watching it, and it was a really uh, interesting uh, pilot movie. It was very serious. 
you know, in a way, and uh, really uh, enjoyable to watch. Uh, you know, Steve Austin, an astronaut and a test pilot, and you know, he he, he has this horrible crash, and eventually, of course, uh, has these bionic parts that allow him to do you know, extraordinary things, and he goes on all these missions. And I love the camaraderie between him and Oscar Goldman, and Lee Majors uh, seemed really, you know, perfect for the role. And I I like how they just didn't make it real high-tech, you know, that he would run in slow motion and stuff like that. And and then when the Bionic Woman came along, uh, first as a guest on on The Six Million Dollar Man as this long-lost love of Steve Austin. They get married, and she gets injured, and then she gets turned into the bionic woman and it was so tragic when she kind of lost her memory and all that and then she's they did the uh the spin-off show where she's this school teacher and goes on these missions uh i miss it and uh i don't think it's out on dvd yet which is shocking to me i don't uh, i think that's the case but i'm sure you guys are going to cover that a little bit but thanks again for doing this uh special treks and sci-fi look at the bionic shows and i i really enjoy those shows and i can't wait to hear what you guys have to say so thanks very much this is rico signing off for uh, my comments on the six million dollar man and the bionic woman okay we're back and we're going to be talking now about uh the the folks that actually played the characters in the six million dollar man and the bionic woman so richard why don't you start off with the main guy himself all right, the main guy is Stephen Austin. He's the lead, played by Lee Majors. Okay. Um, who's he's done actually done a lot of stuff. I actually liked him a lot in The Fall Guy. Yeah, uh, when he, that was when cool. When he finished off with this with this with this series, but he was in all of the pilot movies, all the series, all the post series movies. He was the, he was Steve the entire time. That's and, cool. Uh, he his his resume is massive, man. You go look at the um, the Internet Movie Database, and he's been on he's been on everything, man. Uh, he was way back on the Virginian. That's right. You know, before he became the Bionic Man, he was a he was a cowboy. Hey, wasn't he? he? Was also um. Wasn't he on the Big was Valley? It, was the Big Valley? Yeah, with yeah. Uh, Barbara Stanwyck and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he was. Let me let me make sure. Yeah, he, he was he was the young, like impulsive guy yeah that's right that's right i can't remember his name was something like colt or something like that yeah 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 I, i'm trying to find him here on the on the thing but i know he's in the virginian and i i thought he was in the big valley as well he was in Gunsmoke, um all sorts of different stuff so anyway he's been in all sorts of things but that's who played uh the six million dollar man okay who's our next guy then we have the head of the oso in the pilot but then it's the osi in the series which is a government intelligence 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 agency, right? Um, and his name was Oscar Goldman, and he was played actually by two different actors. For the pilot, he was played by a guy that most of us don't really know, named Oliver Spencer. Oh, that's interesting. And he only lasts for that one pilot. After they did the pilot, the very first pilot episode, yeah, they recast everybody except but, for Steve. Except for Steve. That's interesting. Um, so then, after the sec, so then the second movie came out, and they replaced him with who we all recognize as Richard Anderson, right? Who played Oscar Goldman for the rest of the series, and basically Richard Anderson's character, Oscar Goldman, was Steve's boss. He yeah. was the one that gave Steve all of his missions and whatnot, and it was actually him who authorized Steve's 
surgery to get the bionics in the first place. That's right. That's right. And then we, I always liked him in the episodes. I thought he was really, he, he'd be a so, such a cool boss. He cared about Steve. And at the same time, he, you know, he had to deal with all the folks in Washington and stuff. And uh, I was reading on a, a thing that you sent me uh, that that's an actual office building in DC that they film the outside of OSO or OSI. And that's yeah. right across from the Capitol, from what I understand. I thought that's kind of cool. Yeah, it's the Russell Senate Office Building. Oh, that's cool. And okay, now now this guy, Richard Anderson, right? Is it Richard Anderson? Yeah. Oh, yeah, which uh, I'm trying not to confuse him with Richard Dean Anderson, who played uh, in MacGyver. Uh, yeah, MacGyver, and in Stargate. But uh, anyway, he was in lots of other things. In fact, the other day I was watching an episode of Bonanza, and guess who popped up? Richard Anderson. There he was <laughs> playing a cowboy. Everybody, I think, starred on Bonanza, though, didn't they? Pretty much. Yeah, he was in much. he was in Ironside. He was um, uh, he was in the new Perry Mason. Uh, several different things. So he's he's no stranger to the TV. But uh, of course, we know him best from from the Six Million Dollar Man. Yep. Okay, who's next? Oh, who's next? Okay, then we have our Doctor Rudy Wells, the the genius behind Bionics. Oh, um, I just thought he was so cool. Oh, absolutely. He always knew everything. He know? did everything, and he was. And he always had really pretty assistants, I gotta say. Yes, he you know, did. He yeah. really did. Um, for a guy that wasn't necessarily all that good looking. But anyway, um, <laughs> but he was cool. But he got actually played by three different actors over the course of the series and the pilots. Wow. Um, the guy who first started playing him, um, for the pilot was, oh, what was that guy's name? Um, Martin Brooks, I think it was. Okay, all right. And no, I'm sorry, Martin Balsam. That was who it was at first. Okay. And he was the one that did the original surgery and all of that kind of stuff. Right. And then once they recast everybody, then they brought in a guy named Alan Oppenheimer, who's my personal favorite. And he was in in many of the episodes, wasn't he? Yeah, he was in like the first two seasons. Okay, all right. And then. I don't know whether he became unavailable or I don't know exactly what happened. But then at the end, they had a guy named Martin Brooks play him for the remainder of the series and continued to play him in the in the movies, in the movies. Right. You know what I liked about his character is is that we always got the cool special effect shot where they would open up the arm or the leg and you get to see the circuitry inside. And I just thought that was so cool. I mean, that was just so awesome when they pull a panel off his arm and, you know, and Dr. Rudy Wells would be sitting there with a screwdriver or something, you know, fixing and tweaking on his arm or, or fixing the, the skin to look like it was supposed to be back to normal. And oh, I just love that. That was just, I, I pretended like I would, I would get like circuit boards out of, out of broken things like stereo systems and stuff and then tape them on my arm and say, <laughs> see, see, there you go. I got bionics, man. But Rudy Wells. Uh, no, I didn't think guy. about that. I, I didn't do that. I, I guess I might have to revoke my D card because I, <laughs> I didn't think to do that when I was a kid. That's awesome, oh, Rick. <laughs> hey, hey, when we talk about my favorite episode, one of them was when uh, when they had the Day of the Robot, when they when the one guy was making a bunch of the robots and, and you know their face would fall off, and then you'd see all the circuitry inside of them. Yeah. I actually got like like those styrofoam wig things that you would put wigs on, and I would cut the face out and put electronics on the inside of them, and then put the face, you know, and then uh, and then uh, you know do that whole thing so that I could pull the face mask off and have my own, you know, robot right there. I got that from the Six Million Dollar Man. Dude, you are the man. That is yeah. awesome. <laughs> it, was, it was a lot of fun. Of course, my you know my family thought I was nuts, but then you know I am. Yeah, my family gave up <laughs> me a long time ago. They- 
my wife is like, see, it was really funny. She's like, oh, are you doing that thing tonight? I'm like, you mean the podcast? Yeah, that, yeah, that yeah the thing. thing. Okay. The thing? Yeah, we're stuck with the thing. Okay, there was only like a couple of other main characters in the show. Yeah, there was a reoccurring, the um, Oscar Goldman's assistant um, was what? another character. Her name was Peggy Callahan. Right, Callahan. Hmm? Callahan, yep, I remember her. You know, and she was, she wasn't in a lot of the episodes, but she was there, and she was kind of a character foil for Oscar, and in a way was um, not really smitten by Steve Austin, but was almost like the, except for the smitten part, almost like a money penny. Yes, I agree, I agree. And she did, she also, I thought, brought a lot of comic relief because she was a real worrywart. And and she just she who's he played by? I can't remember who the who the actress is that played uh, Jennifer Darling played her. And she, you know, it's so funny because you think um, you think she was in a lot more episodes than she really was. But the ones she was in, you remember. Mm-hmm. But but she really wasn't there a whole lot. I mean, how many episodes did she play in like four or so? Yeah, it wasn't many at all. But for some reason, I I remember her very strong because I guess maybe there's comic relief in the fact that uh, she cared about Steve and it was kind of fun to see her in the secretary's position of opening the door for, you know, Oscar and, and doing all these different things. It was just way cool. <laughs> she was great. And then, of course, you know, I mean, if we're going to cross over into the Bionic Woman, of course, that Lindsay Wagner played Jamie, Jamie Summers. Summers. Yeah. And she was in the what? Tennis Pro. Yeah, 10 or so episodes of the Bionic Man or the Six Million Dollar Man. So that was very very cool. Anybody else worth mentioning on the uh, as a recurring character or somebody that was in the show a lot? Um, um, the only other character that I was that I was going to mention was the character who played Bigfoot. Ah uh, yes, the character of Bigfoot. My very um, my very favorite episode. Oh, and we'll, <laughs> we'll we'll get to that. Go ahead. Okay. Well, he was actually played by two different actors. Um, the the in the original ones was done by Andre the Giant for wow. obvious reasons. Yes. Um, as big as he was. And then they came to a point where they couldn't get Andre, and so then they used Ted Cassidy, who was okay. also another really tall, big guy. Wow. And, yeah, and people really liked him. Boy, he, that, that took on a completely different dimension, and, and that, I guess it was the most popular episodes they ever had. Yeah. With the, with the Bigfoot in him, so that's kind of cool. But we'll talk about, we'll we'll talk talk about, about that, that later. later. Yeah. Cause I kind of like this, I like the, the take. The slant they did on the whole Bigfoot thing. Yeah, so. very, very interesting. Yes. Okay, so those those were the basic cast. Um, basically, give us a little overview of what the series was all about. I mean, we've talked we've talked a little bit about that, but but what was the main focus and thrust of the series, Richard? Well, it actually was based upon a book. Oh. There was a book called Cyborg that was written in 1972 by a guy named Martin. Kaiden, and in the book there was, you know, an astronaut that got into an accident and they replaced his arm and his eye and his legs and everything. Some of the powers are a little bit different um, in that book. Like the guy had a laser beam that could shoot out of the eye as a weapon. Cool. Like had a gun built into which he can point his index finger and shoot somebody. Um, In in the book he was more like an assassin. Okay. Now in the series, however. The networks didn't want to do that. Initially, they wanted to make Steve Austin more like a James Bond. Right. So, so the, the basic premise was: here's this colonel in the in, in the Air Force. He was an astronaut, walked on the moon, and he was doing his test flight in his lifting body, and it crashed. 
And so Oscar Goldman said, well, here's our opportunity to test out our theories about bionics. So almost kind of without his permission, they did all this surgery on him. And over the course of time, he became to accept the fact that, you know, he had these abilities and they started sending him out on missions. So in the first couple of pilot or pre or post pilot movies, he was he dressed up literally like James Bond. He always wore a suit and they had the obligatory, you know, boat chase scenes where they're shooting at him in the boat. <laughs> you know. But then when they when they went with the series, they dropped that premise and they went with the premise of here's an ordinary guy with extraordinary abilities. Sounds like heroes. Um Yeah. You know, where they didn't have any other special any special technology, just him, his ingenuity and his bionics. Right. So he was always dressed in jeans or a leisure suit or, you know, nothing real fancy. And he would do all these missions with the big wide collar. Yeah. And the the cowboy boots. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and the weird colors, you know, like no one wears (laughs) orange leisure suit. That's orange. You know, come on. And his car was cool too, man. He did have a cool. Well, he was an astronaut, so you know you got to give him some props on that. That's true. But it was really, it was really cool. But the show, it kept to that premise, and it was like I said, it was very very popular. And just like you know, it was back in the day when we had Mission Impossible, they always had all these awesome guest stars. Well, the Six Million Dollar Man was just like that. They had all kinds of people like Martin Landau from Space 1999 was on the uh-huh. show and yeah. and um, Anne Lockhart from Lost in Space was on the show. They had sure. all kinds of people. Even Farrah Fawcett Majors, yeah. who was married to him at that time, was on yeah. the show yeah. as another astronaut. Um, actually, she went, actually went up into space. That's so and cool. there was an accident. And then, then, of course, Steve had to go up into space to sure. help save the day and all of that. So they just had a lot of talent come yeah. through that show over over the period of, of years. Sure, and they they basically then the premise of the show and the the fact that they would bring guest actors in and stuff. The premise of the show was basically the mission of the week kind of thing. Yeah, and yeah. that's what brought people back to watch every week because it was it was it was very entertaining and um, I don't know it was just it was like having a spy show but but with these cool abilities that he had uh, every week coming into your home, which was very cool. Yeah, and the other thing, like, as we, like we had mentioned earlier, so many of these episodes were two-parters. Yeah. And, and I don't know, again, if that was really common in the 70s. I don't really remember it being so. But so many of these were either crossovers with Bionic Woman or part one, part two. In fact, one of the episodes called Kill Oscar was actually three parts. Wow. Let's you know. Let's do this. Let's take another break. We'll be back in a moment, and we'll talk about our favorite episodes. Sound good? Sounds good. Okay. Hey, Rico. It's Anthony here. Uh, Ori Stud Farm on the forums. Um, one of the hosts of the Scuttercast Red Dwarf podcast. Uh, I wanted to send you an audio comment. Uh, firstly, uh, a, a thank you for the uh, community that you've got going. Uh, a fantastic place. I'm really, really glad that uh, I found it. Now, I understand you're doing this show on the Bionic Woman and the Six Million Dollar Man. Um, so, I'll tell you my memories of it. Um, I was born in 74, and I actually struggled to remember the original Bionic Woman. Um, but Six Million Dollar Man, it was classic TV from the 70s. It's, it's something that's been with me from early childhood. And something that I really used to love. 
you know, uh, I used to have a Bionic Man uh, action figure. Uh, I used to have a blue suit. I used to wear a typical 70s suit, blue with red stitching, which for some reason was always called my Steve Austin outfit. Uh, I think my parents called me that to get me to wear it. And once it had the Steve Austin name, I wore it all the time. You know, wore it till it had worn through on the knees. Um, but I wanted to talk about the... I don't know if you're going to cover the... Uh, recent TV series uh, starring Michelle Ryan of Bionic Woman. Now I watched this one and the first thing I thought when I watched it was uh, wow she, you know, she, she used to do a uh, soap with a very strong London accent uh, in this country called EastEnders and the first thing I thought was wow she's dropped her accent and she's got that American accent down to a T. Then I went on the internet and the first thing I start reading is people's comments saying um, she's not done a very good job with her American accent, it sounds dreadful. So I suppose that's uh, more of a point of view sort of thing. Um, very good show, I really enjoyed it and I w it, it didn't please me much that uh, it had been dropped uh, the way it did. Uh, I thought it had real potential. Uh, it could be really dark at times. It could be very light at times. I think that might be what actually went against it. It didn't know whether it was going to be fluffy and light or uh, really dark, you know, and broody. So, um, but yeah, I like I say, I, I loved that show. Uh, shame they dropped it the way they did. Um, but the best thing about that show uh, had got to be Katie Sackhoff. She was fantastic. Um, Yes, she was possibly just doing her Starbuck, Starbuck role again. But, yeah, absolutely amazing. She looked stunning. The acting was fantastic. Um, so, yeah, I, I love the show. Uh, can't wait to hear this episode. That's my thought, my quick thoughts on it. Again, thank you for the community you have on offer. Um, I look forward to being a part of it in the future. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Okay, now, Richard, I know if you're like me, you probably watched – okay, what I did is I watched probably every episode I possibly could on reruns um, and, and went crazy on watching all of the episodes. And then when I got was older, I, I won an auction on eBay, and I got like 50 videotapes and decided to introduce them to the episodes to my kids. Had no idea that it really got pretty cheesy. I didn't know that. When I was a kid, I thought it was the best show ever. <laughs> Yeah, me but, too. But uh, it was interesting that my kids kind of liked some of the same episodes that I did. Let's talk about our favorite episodes. Okay. Okay, so let you start. Give me one of your favorite episodes, and I'll give you one of mine. Well, I really like the episodes that dealt with robots. Oh, you do? I, I oh, do too. Oh, man. I'm totally <laughs> into it. So, and in fact... Oh, that's so you know, funny. One, I think it was the fourth episode of the season, of the first season introduced robots so i was you know then i was totally hooked oh uh, me too so i liked it because the whole thing with this robot was there's just you know there's of course the evil scientist guy almost like the anti-rudy wells yeah exactly know. exactly you know he was smart and everything else but he wanted to create robots to take over the world and so and of he, course i mean who doesn't want to do that you know i mean <laughs> that's that's what i think anyway go ahead Anyway, so they so what happened was he created his robot to go to this test facility 
and steal this ignition unit that had to do with some defense system. I don't remember all the details around it. Um, so, he, you know, so they created a the guy. Do you remember the guy, John, the actor John Saxon? Yes, yes. He's been in many, many things. A mean-looking guy, man. Yeah, and he was in, like, I think he was in Into the Dragon Yeah. Um, with Bruce Lee, whatever. So, I mean, he had some martial arts skills. Stuff. He was in the movie, and he was playing the robot that this guy built. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was a pretty cool robot, except it really didn't have a whole lot of good, like, facial expressions and emotions. Right. But what they did was they kidnapped Steve Austin's, like, you know, um, tennis partner buddy, I mean, placed him with his robot <laughs> in order to steal this technology. That's right. And so I just, it was really cool because, you know, the robot was strong and yada, yada, yada. And so, was that was that Day of the Robot? Is that the episode? Yeah, Day of the Robot. That's okay, okay. And so, you know, the guy goes in. In fact, you know, we'll, 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 we need to play a clip, but the guy goes in to steal this box and then... Steve Austin, you know, tries to intercept, and then they have this major battle, which you have, we probably can't play the clip for the battle because you know, it won't make any sense. Yeah, yeah. But it was an awesome battle. But the the best part of the whole thing, well, first of all, they're 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 really kind of they're they're really equally matched, with the exception of the fact that Steve doesn't have two bionic arms. Just he only one. has one. Yeah, that's right. So his left arm gets hurt in the battle. Right. But at the very end, Steve takes his binding arm and he just nails this guy in the face. And my and favorite part. that face plate, it <laughs> falls off and rolls down the hill, man. Yeah. I mean, it was such an awesome thing when I was a kid. I remember thinking that oh. was just the most awesome thing ever. It and was. To the picture of the head of the robot with all the circuitry. And his eyeballs and the eyeballs. Yes, yes. That was awesome. And you know what it reminded me of later on? Was what? the movie Westworld? Absolutely, I was going to say the same thing. You know where you know Yul Brynner's face comes off, and it was the exact same type of thing. Yeah, and I just love that. Ah. You know, but then he defeats the robot and and saves the day and whatnot. But that idea of just being able to have this robot technology was kind of cool oh that's fantastic and then there was a, a there was a follow-up to that episode called return of the robot maker because he didn't catch the guy who made the robot right he defeated the robot but the other guy got away on a helicopter right so on and i think it was in the second season they had they, they had return of the robot maker he made another robot but this one looked like oscar goldman that's right oh i remember that was a great episode You know, and so they replaced him, and at first nobody, you know, and, I, and no one knew. He was, like, real, almost perfect. Right, and, right. And at the very end of the episode, I remember there was the big fight, and right before the big fight, 
Steve finds them, and he is still the the original Oscar Goodman still alive. Right. So here's the here's the robot guy, robot maker guy standing outside of their you know secret lair with both Oscar Goldman standing there. Oh, that's so cool. And Steve is standing like thirty feet away, and both Oscars are like, "Steve, it's me." Steve, it's me. And he's going to figure out which one is the robot. That's fantastic. You know, and he finally, and so he, he actually guesses, he, you know, he doesn't guess. He actually figures it out. Big battle. And he finally defeats the robot. But it was it was a pretty close fight. Yeah. And then at the end, the robot guy was like, how did you know? And he's like, uh, because robots don't sweat. Ta-da. He used his eye to zoom so close into the face that he could that he see the sweat. The water, yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. I'm trying to think one of my favorites. Of course, you know what I'm going to say. It was <laughs> The Secret of Bigfoot 1 and 2. My very, very favorite. That was just, I don't know what there was about it, but it was just, it was such a cool episode. And it was a two-parter, from what I understand, what I believe, yep. if I can remember right. Anyway, they go out and they're taking some readings out in the um, in the uh, the woods, um, and doing some earthquake tracking, some earthquake things, and, and a bunch of stuff is going on. And uh, and basically what happens is is Bigfoot enters the scene and it scares everybody, and they bring Steve Austin in, and he discovers that Bigfoot is actually a robot. We've got to find that sensor, Steve, not to mention your friends. I don't understand what Steve! could... Did you find him? No, I, I found something else. Well, what is it? A mountain lion? No, it's too big. What do you think? A huge grizzly, Tom? No. No, not a cat. Not a grizzly. Well, what is it? There's only one thing in the mountains that leaves a track like this. The creature of legend that roams the timberline. My people named him Sasquatch. You call him Bigfoot. Well, that's been proven to be a hoax, hasn't it, Tom? It's not a hoax. It, it sounds a little bit ridiculous, Tom. Stories of the Sasquatch go back generations among my people. Stories that... Well, those stories were just superstitions, weren't they? Some are. But too many incidents are unexplained. Eerie. When I was a boy on the reservation, I once saw a man who had disappeared for many days here in the deep woods. My grandfather found him. There was a footprint like this one nearby. My grandfather told me the man had seen the Sasquatch. I'll never forget how that man looked. Which is, oh, again, it's a robot. It is a ro- robot. It, it is a robot thing. But there is, but and, and not just robots, but space aliens. Yeah. Well, that's who built him. That's right. Aliens built him sort of they, as the protector of their of their base of operations. Right. And they had those. They had those cool little belts on them. The the alien people did. They looked like human beings, but they had these little belts where they could slow down time, and and then they could they could speed up really fast when they you know and and do all these different things. So they appeared to be invisible, but 
because of Steve's bionic eye, he could see them moving around. Colonel Austin, we've been looking forward to talking to you. Please. I am Aphelon. I am delighted to welcome you to our colony, especially since you are a fellow space traveler. And you're really not from Earth. As Shallan may have indicated to you, we come from a rather uh, distant place. Distant, to say the least. We are a group of deep space explorers. And do you come in peace? Of course. We want to disturb the progression of life on your planet as little as possible. Our mission is to study this relatively primitive, violent society because it closely parallels the early evolution of our own little one. Well, I take it your society is a bit more advanced than ours. A bit more mature. <laughs> but I see you haven't quite conquered all the ailments yet. Oh, the major ones, yes, we have. But we're still plagued by allergies. And Fala here has developed a superficial allergy to your world in more ways than one. We are intrigued by your bionic construction. Yes, well, I was wondering why I was so intriguing. <laughs> Shallon will have more questions for you. Her specialty is niosynthetics, highly sophisticated bionics. Bushi, who built Sasquatch from a lower form of life on our planet. Yeah, I can see she's a very talented lady. How long have you been here? Two years, and during that time, Sasquatch has brought us many people to study. We've scanned their brains, and we've conversed with them freely, as we're talking to you. And then they have been returned safely outside. Marlene and Ivan Becky. Ah, yes. The geologist couple, they were here. She's being returned to the outside even now. But you know, when I found Ivan, he had no memory of you or this place. No. Dr. Becky and his wife, like all people who come here, have all memory of Sasquatch and the colony erased. And you'll do the same with me. When we're finished with you, yes. But wait a minute, you... You say you've been here two years. The legend of the Sasquatch goes back among the Indians over a hundred years. This is true. Let me show you something. This is the most marvelous device that our science has created. It is a timeline converter, or TLC. It allows us to speed up our own individual progression through time relative to our surroundings. Well, then you can pass a whole day in one minute. Oh, in a second, if we wanted to. We have been here for 250 years, but as a group, we have moved quickly from time to time, so to speak. So that while 250 years have passed on Earth, only two years have passed for us. Still seems like 250 years to me. The TL 250 years of allergies. The TLC has other applications, such as providing the mild amusement of going from place to place. Seemingly in the blink of an eye. Fascinating, isn't it? Now you see him. Now you don't. Please be seated, fella. Listen, Aploy, just because... Sit down. And, and so anyway, he... Long story short, they had some of the coolest special effects in this particular series of episodes that I've ever seen. Uh, specifically, the big tunnel that you got into their complex that was under the mountain. Um, there was this swirling tunnel. Now, I have no idea how they built this or where they got it from, but do you remember that, how cool that was the first time 
Um, yeah. The, Steve was trying to get into the complex, and this thing would cause people to get dizzy. Disoriented, yeah. Yeah, and then they would, you know, eventually they'd fall on the ground, and, and they were, you know, out like a light. And then they, of course, would drug them and drag them in and, you know, do whatever they needed to do to them and then get rid of them. But it, it was it was absolutely fascinating. And, this, of course, this these aliens who lived under the mountain not only – um, we're doing all these experiments and stuff, but they had their own little system of government and things kind of went haywire there. But they had this drug. Remember the drug that was the blue drug? They cured that one. It cured everything. She had that that. Um, oh, okay. It was a, it was the lady from Heart to Heart, Jennifer from Heart to Heart. I can't remember what her name is. Uh, Shalom. Yeah. Shalom or something like that. Something like that. But she was the main space alien lady, and then of course there was the guy from Beneath the Planet of the Apes that was the main guy. And uh, do you remember that? He was the yeah. guy from yeah. He was he's kind of scary looking character too. But anyway, I, I'm not doing the the plot of this one justice. But let's just suffice it to say, when Bigfoot showed up on the scene, my mouth dropped open, and I thought that was the coolest thing they could have ever done is to make Bigfoot an alien, a robot, a robot alien. Okay, what you know? What young boy? Um, would not love that. You know, the aliens weren't mean. They weren't here to take over the planet and nothing right, like that. Right, it, was, right. it was almost like, it was almost like how in Star Trek you've got the away missions and they've got yes. the blind and right. so they're trying to watch without being observed, right. you know, seen. Right, exactly. That was very cool. Yeah, it was very, very cool. And I just remember getting the, uh, uh, get, they sold the Bigfoot action figure and they also sold the Day of the Robot action figure where his, his face came off. And that was really cool to try and get those. And I remember getting them. I wish I still had them. They'd probably be worth a lot of money now. And I had a Steve Austin um, lunchbox as well. Did you really? Yeah, I don't have it anymore, though. Too bad. I could have sold it, bought a house or something, you know. Yeah, I don't think I had, I don't think I bought any of the of the of the action figures or anything like that. Do you want to talk about it? Oh, another one of your favorites, or do you have something else you want to talk about? No, I found some. I was just doing a little bit of research, and that rotating ice tunnel. Yeah. It was it was a it was a brand new thing that they added to the Universal Studios tour. Wow. It was called the Glacier Avalanche, and so they too they decided to use that in the episode. Well, it was great. Yeah, it was. Cool. I still remember it. It was very uh, – and, of course, they brought it back because they, they had the return of Bigfoot, too. They didn't just stop with two episodes. They they brought him back later. Of course, what you were saying is they, they actually had a different person playing the role of Bigfoot in the second second series. Yeah. Well, and of- they actually had five because there was – you know, there was a secret of Bigfoot. Bigfoot was a two-parter. Right. And then the return of Bigfoot was a two-parter. And then they had Bigfoot – Five Bigfoot letter with the Roman letter V right. that was in the fifth season. Wow, that that's so. Because and that's where um, they were trying to 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 get the Sasquatch, and they had damaged it, and Steve and Jamie went to Fix actually it. defend it. Oh, and that's right. Yeah, that's because right. I guess they had become their friend. You know, well, robots to cyborg. You know. Well, yeah. Exactly. Except that he was just a lot furrier than Steve, and Steve had a lot of hair on him. So you know, we're talking, yeah. They could be cousins. That's true. They could. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, let's see. What else can we talk about at the Bionic Man or the Six Million Dollar Man? I, it just was such a great, um, a, a great series. Um, well, what about your what, what about your other favorite though? 
Which one now? Which one? I talk, with the fembots, you mean? Fembots. Fembots. I love the fembots. I don't know why. What a goofy name, fembots. Now everybody listening to this is thinking. So did all the 103 episodes of the Six Million Dollar Man have to do with robots? No. 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 A lot but of the, the, but all the robot episodes are just cool. Yeah, they. Uh, you know, the other cool episodes were the ones where he would like come up against martial artists and they dub in all these wah yeah and the punch noises and all that. They they did the, the most hilarious sound effects in this series ever. Well, I wonder. You know, sometimes I wonder whether they didn't have the technology to change the sound effect like when they when he would throw somebody it was the same every time yeah it was like right because it was they slowed down the film right so if he was making noise when they slowed the film down you're going to hear the noise yeah and you and you did hear that and of course the the and It was so funny, and the you know that spring noise that they used for the for the bionic, you know, whenever he was like, how could he do that? Um, bending metal, and then. You know, the creaking noise when the metal would bend. And it, and it was basically the same sound effects every week, but it was really cool. Okay, I'm going to have to play some of these sound effects. I don't even know what we're talking let's, about. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's play some of them right now. Cool. I mean, it's, 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 as corny as they sound, it was just so cool at the time, you know. Really Completely. I, I like it. I, you know, I, I'm really good at suspending belief and just, you know, living in the moment, just enjoying it. You know? <laughs> I agree. I absolutely agree. All right. Well, we'll be back in just one moment. Hold on, everybody. Hi, Vic. Uh, it's Meds. I'm talking to you live from outside in the world, not a time on my computer where I'd have a nice warm room and a decent microphone. Uh, you're doing Six Million Dollar Man. Well, Vic and Rick. Uh, I wonder if your television show program came out before Simon and Simon. Mm, let's see. Um, Six Million Dollar Man. I, I remember seeing it on reruns uh, more than anything, obviously, because I was born in 73 and it started in 74. And uh, I have a good memory, but it's not that good. Um, I always remember having the, the toy, the uh, the doll, uh, action figure, I should say, doll, they're terrible, and um, being rather annoyed with it. Uh, I'm a Virgo, so I, I have this thing where I, I insist on things being exact, and obviously an action figure can't be exact, especially when it's got a hole in the back of its head to look through the front, uh, look through the eye, which I, I think either had a, a small magnifying glass on the front or was um, slightly like a, a kaleidoscope. Um, either way, uh, you know, having a red tracksuit on an action figure was, was never great. But it was such a wonderful series, and, and only, only something uh, science fiction-y um, could have a man appear to run faster by actually having him slow down 
Um, I don't think it'll ever happen again. <laughs> uh, as for the Bionic Woman, I'm having a bit of a soft spot for uh, Lindsay Wagner. Uh, but um, my my wife actually was uh, obsessed with the Bionic Woman when she was young, when she was a little girl. And um, during our wedding speeches, uh, after I'd mentioned Doctor Who in mind, which of course I I had to do, um, the 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 father of uh, of, of the my my father-in-law um, told a story that when when my wife was young, um, she honestly did believe that she had a Bionic and um, would attempt to show this off by running very slowly and attempting to lift up cars and tables and stuff by <laughs> proving she had bionics. I, I believe her parents didn't end after watcher um, because she was so in insistent that she had these bionics that she'd end up getting herself into various dangerous situations. Uh, she hasn't changed, if I'm honest. Um, Really looking forward to hearing the uh, podcast. I'm sorry about the wind. Uh, England is extremely... Uh, <laughs> we're stuck in the middle of a storm and I'm outside. It's, it's uh, extremely windy, cold, rainy and, uh, and miserable. Oh, how I wish I was in America in the sun. Uh, thanks again. I look forward to hearing it and uh, I'll speak to you soon. Uh, take care, mate. Bye-bye. All right. Let's talk a little bit about some bionic offspring because... Not only was Steve Austin bionic and Jamie Summers bionic, but there was a slew of other characters that came along that were bionic as well. Why don't you fill us in on that? Sure. Well, you know, we talked about Steve Austin. We talked about Jamie Summers. Now, Jamie Summers had a accident, um, uh, paradigm accident. Right. She was parachuting. So, yeah. Parachuting. So she had the same both legs, right arm replaced, but her eye was her eyes are fine. What she got that was different than what Steve had was a bionic ear. Wow. So, so she could, like, her her frequency discrimination was amazing. So she could actually zero in, almost like Superman does with his super hearing. Right. To zero in and listen to anything, a conversation. That's pretty cool. Listen, you're listening to the tumblers of a lock. Right. You know, to unlock a safe. Um, in fact, there was an episode where. She had to do that. She had to do that. She was getting into a vault, wasn't it, in somebody's office, and she had yeah. her ear up and go, and they showed that. It was so cool because it would, it would, everything would slow down a little bit, and you hear this click, <laughs> like an echo, and then click. It was great. It was great. I remember that. I used to try to do that. When she did that, I'd, I'd try to do that too. <laughs> well, and then, and then in one of them, I don't know if you saw, if you remember the three movies, but in one of the movies – she, they were trying to figure out, there was like a, a terrorist plot on the Unity Games, and they had captured, poor Oscar Goldman gets captured a lot, so he, he they did. captured him, and he called, they were forcing him to make a statement over the phone, and she was listening, they were all listening to the statement, but he was holding a pen in his hand. And he was clicking more tapping. <laughs> yeah, he was tapping the pen with his finger. You couldn't even hear it in the room, right. but her hearing picked it up, and he was tapping Morse code. Yeah, yeah. Send her a message. I mean, that's that was pretty awesome. That is very cool. Okay, so yeah, she was pretty neat, and I enjoyed. I enjoyed. In fact, you can watch episodes of The Bionic Woman on Hulu. If you live in the States, I don't know if they get that in, in other countries, but I know here on Hulu, they have several of the episodes up, and I was watching some the other night. They were great. I mean, they're they're old and cheesy, but they're fun. I they're, They got some good plots and some fun. I thought they were great actors. I never thought they were cheesy actors. I thought they were great. Well, interestingly enough, 
Lindsay Wagner actually won an Emmy for her performance in one of the episodes oh, of the that's, that's fantastic. I didn't know that. Yeah, in nineteen ninety seven she won the Emmy for Best Actress in a drama for her for her role of Jamie Summers in the episode. Oh, it was actually a two parter episode for called called Deadly Ringer. Oh, that's very cool. That's very cool. You know, okay. Lee, actually, Lee Majors has been nominated for Emmys for that show. Actually, the gentleman who did the theme score for The Body Boy was nominated for Best Dramatic Score. There's been a lot oh, of that's great. accolades to this, to this series. Well, good. But anyway, getting back to, to other bionic folk. Okay. Um, after, the, after Steve, they had a new another bionic man, and it was in an episode called The Seven Million Dollar Man. Had to up Steve by a million bucks, huh? Yeah. Well, his thing was he had both arms are bionic, right. as well as both legs. Did you really think that when the great Oscar Goldman pushed one of his little buttons and ordered up you, his brand new bionic gadget, did you really think he only ordered one of a kind? Wrong. All right. Rudy Wells lied to you. He had the gate guard falsify the logbook. And I lied to you. I had them remove Barney Miller's ID from the file because I didn't want you to know that they were preparing a second bionic man. Why? Steve, your friendship is most important to me. Oscar, I don't lie to my friends. There are times when I have to lie. Why didn't you just tell me? Look, I don't go along with their thinking. They look upon you as a prototype. Of course, the very nature of your assignments, what you have to do, does make you expendable. So to protect yourself, you built yourself another cyborg. Just in case. And you expected me to tell you that? My own computer tells me that your life expectancy is lousy. So what else is new? And he was, as I recall, he his name was Barney? Yeah, Barney Miller. <laughs> That's funny. Because it came out in, it came out in 70... Oh, I don't remember. When did it come out? I think it came out in 74... And Barney Miller, that TV show, uh-huh. came out after that. Oh. So there was a second episode called The Bionic Criminal that this guy was in. Uh-huh. In the second, in that, in that follow-up episode, they changed his name to Barney Hiller <laughs> because they didn't want the name confusion. Oh, got it. Okay, all right. And so he had he had, okay, so he was in the in a couple of the shows, and then who else was Bionic? Well, then we had the bionic dog. Max. I remember Max. Max. He was a German Shepherd, wasn't he? Yeah. And yeah. he was uh he was a good friend of Jamie Summers. Yeah. And then and he actually was still alive even into the movies. We didn't see him in the movies, but he was but he talked about him in the movies. Oh, good, good. And, and then they had the Bionic Boy episode. Okay. And the Bionic Boy was played by do you remember Vincent Van Patten? Yeah, the he guy was, from, from Eight is Enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the Bionic Boy. And I, didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah. How cool is that? So that was awesome. And he was the first He was the first one where they introduced the idea of bionic implants, which is different than bionic limbs, oh, bionic replacement. So cool. bionic implants actually augment what your, your body's current abilities, almost like the augments in Star Trek Enterprise. Very interesting. Very interesting. And, you know, yeah. So he was the first one that they did that with. 
then after that, they in the movies there were two there were three movies and then two of them they introduced two new actually three new characters because the idea of those three movies was it was supposed to be the stepping stone to a new bionic series right but that never happened well they so, did they did do another series of the bionic woman but it was totally different it was totally different yeah, yeah. um so they had it was called the return of the six million dollar man and the, and the bionic woman was the first movie in 87 right and they introduced information that steve austin had a son right Right. Never heard about it in the series. Now we find out that he actually had gotten married, and but it didn't really work out. They got divorced like within months. But at the time they got divorced, they found out that his wife was pregnant. So she's like, you know, I'll raise my son by myself. Right. You know, and we'll be done. So she died, and so he actually wanted to meet up with his son. And, you know, it didn't go too good at first, but... His son actually ended up having a similar accident. His son was in the, in, the, in the Air Force, right? And something similar. He was flying like an F, an F, an F eight or something, and he crashed. And so um, Steve went to Oscar Goldman and said, "Look, you owe me. Make my, you know, fix my son, make him bionic." Wow. And so so his son got got bionic legs, like father, like son, like father, like son, a bionic arm. But he his bionic eye had the laser capability, uh-huh. and he could modulate it by how strong – he modulated it by the grip of his fist in his bionic arm. Oh, that's interesting. So he can, so he can control how much energy came out. <laughs> um, and his bionic legs were different in design. He could actually run upwards to 200 miles an hour. Wow. Yeah. I guess we always want our kids to do a little bit better than we did, huh? Yes. He was such a proud papa. I guess so. You know. That's a, that's very funny. So that was that one. So then in the second, the second movie in this series was called Bionic Showdown. Mm-hmm. And that was they introduced a new bionic woman um, called Kate Mason. And that was, was played by... None other than... Sandra Bullock. Yeah. Miscongeniality. Yeah. Could you imagine miscongeniality with bionics? No. That would no. be awesome, man. No, no, I can't imagine that. <laughs> what was the what was that uh movie she was on with the bus? What was that called? Oh, oh, oh. Uh, speed? speed speed, yeah. Can you imagine oh yeah, okay, anyway. She would be speed, yeah. She could she, just run right she could, the bus, catch yeah, she could have just punch her foot through the ground like Steve did many times in Jamie and just stop the bus. Yeah, or grab the or something <laughs> grab right. the the bomb or the drive. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And she was so she was the next bionic person who had implants. So all of her legs, everything else, were all hers. Right. But she was she was she had been crippled since like the age of six. Wow. And so they decided to try this new technology with, you know, neural capillaries and all this fancy, you know, tech talk. Right, but really, they just augmented her natural um, abilities, and it was pretty cool. She almost was like Terminator-ish, because like when she looked out of her eyes, it was like a red heads-up display with information being printed on the sides and stuff like that. That's pretty cool, you know. And she had she had storage; she could like take pictures and store it in her in her in her memory bank, her flash drive, in her flash drive, you know. Um, <laughs> And she was way faster. Like she and Jamie were 
Jamie was like taking her under her wing, showing her how to how to do her bionics. Right. And they went on a run, and she just blew Jamie Summers away. It was it was ridiculous. <laughs> but the, the 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 whole thing with that movie was there had been a um, theft done at the OSI building, and it was done by somebody who was bionic. Oh, so they had to figure out which of the bionic people had done that. Interesting. Right. And so, they, so in that show, they listed who the current living bionic people were, and they knew where all of them were. So they figured, geez, do the Russians have a bionic man? And what are we going to do? And right, yeah. right, right. This was during the whole Glassnose thing. Yeah. And, but it turns out that it was um, the traitor was actually somebody who worked for the OSI. Interesting. And he had the same bionic capabilities as Sandra Bullock's character did. But Sandra kicked his butt at the end and threw him off a building, and he died. Obviously, you, know, you might be bionic, but when your head hits the pavement, it's still going to crack. <laughs> that's true. Oh, that's – yeah. Okay, good. So, so those, are all, those are all the bionic folks. Oh, fantastic. All right. Well, you also assembled a lot of really good trivia here, and I thought maybe we could uh, kind of finish up by giving a couple of trivia – um, nuggets about the six million dollar man. So why don't we take a quick break? We'll come back. We'll share a couple trivia things, and we'll wrap things up. How's that sound? Okay. Okay. Well, Richard, this has been a total blast. Let's share some cool trivia facts. You've got some stuff about the Bionic Woman. Memo to the Secretary. Top secret. From Oscar Goldman, Office of Scientific Investigation. Subject, the Bionic Woman, Jamie Summers. Dear Mr. Secretary, nobody is more aware than I am of the millions of dollars that we've spent in making Jamie Summers bionic. I wonder if it's altogether fair for us to count on her services after all she's been through. Yeah, we didn't really talk about her that much, but she was introduced in season two of The Bionic of the Six Million Dollar Man, and she actually was a love interest of Steve Austin. They grew up together in a small town called Ojai, and they kind of ran into each other, and started to sort of rekindle this relationship. And as it was getting deeper, he actually had her go skydiving with him, and that's when she had the skydiving accident. So it was right. because of Steve's love for her that they made her bionic. Right. Um, and she was, a, she was a star tennis pro, and they thought that that might give her entrance into areas because, you know, she can go to other countries as a tennis star, you know, without right. writing, raising suspicion. So they right. had a two-parter for that, and then they had a um, – but she, her, her body rejected her bionics. And she, That's right. And she almost died. Well, actually, Steve thought she did die. And then right. they had another two-parter of the return of the bionic woman. And, and that launched the series, didn't it? Not yet. They did oh, this okay. two when they, when they brought her back out of cryo-freeze when they figured out how to fix her problem. But <laughs> she had some brain damage and didn't know who Steve Austin was. I didn't oh, tell you no. at the end of the first one, they had decided to get married. Right. So in the second one, obviously that wasn't happening since she didn't remember him. And so they kind of parted ways. Then there was a third two-party called Welcome Home Jamie. And the way they did that one was the first part was in a $6 million man. 
The second part was the beginning of the Bionic Woman. It was the very first episode that's right. of the Bionic that's Woman, right. and that's what kicked off that series. That's cool. Great. And it ran for, what, three years? Yeah, it ran for three years. Yeah, that's very, very cool. Some other cool trivia things. Uh, like I said before, you can watch some of those episodes on Hulu if you uh, can do so. Uh, they have the Bionic Woman up there. They don't have any $6 million man, though. I looked. They don't have those up. Well, no. I think that's because there's a real contract dispute between Universal and ABC on who owns the rights, uh, which is why they've never made a remake movie of the $6 million man is because right. it's all about the money. Right. Well, and they, they just need to ask Oscar Goldman. He'll tell them what to do. <laughs> That's what it is. Um, some other cool trivia things that, uh, do you remember that, uh, that science fiction show they had for a while called Jake 2.0? Yeah. I love that show. That, that was a great show where the, the nanites got inside of his blood and he became a super agent and everything. And that was a great show. Well, I, I remember one night watching that, that, uh, show and seeing, some guy sitting in this chair and I looked over and I, I thought, gosh, he looks familiar. Who is that? And I realized it was Lee Majors. And so our, one of our trivia facts here is that Lee Major appeared in Jake 2.0 as an ex secret agent with special abilities. Of course, they didn't show his abilities, but it sure was cool to see him. And you know, he, he's aged gracefully. Yeah. He looks pretty good. Yeah. yeah he doesn't look so bad. So that was kind of cool to see him there. You, you've got another cool trivia thing. Well, yeah, it was interesting. I was reading up on this and. There's an episode in season four called The Carnival of Spies, and it was shot in a real carnival. How cool. So, and as they were, you know, they're moving stuff around or whatever, and one of the crew members was moving this wax mannequin out of the way so they could, you know, they could set the stage for the next scene. The right. mannequin's arm broke. <laughs> and then they realized that it wasn't a mannequin. Oh, no. It was the mummified remains of some guy. Oh, my goodness. So they, so they, so they had to bring in, you know, whoever they bring in, the CSI yeah. of their time or whatever. And Gil they Grissom. found out that the guy was an Oklahoma outlaw named Elmer McCurdy who died <laughs> in a gunfight in 1911, but no one knew where he went. Oh, that's absolutely hilarious. So who knows how he ended up at this carnival? You know, it's probably is one of those, you know, most carnivals have one of those places where you go in and they have all like right. freaky stuff. Right, right. The sideshow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's funny. I, uh, the other thing that I was going to say, too, is um, I was watching TV one night and a commercial came on. I can't remember who, what the commercial was for. It was I think it was a computer commercial. And... Um, and some guy was saying, you know, this is so cool. Doesn't it go? Uh, he was trying to make the sound of bionics, and this guy was reading a paper, and, the, and he puts down the paper, and it's Lee Major, and he goes, no, it's more like. I saw that commercial. I totally saw that commercial. And I laughed so hard because I thought, you know, a lot of people wouldn't get that. They got to be what, you know, forty or older to understand what that was. But that was it was hilarious. It was very good. And 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 for a brief moment, there was an 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 offshoot. Oh wait a minute. Um, what about that contract dispute? You were saying that Steve almost didn't, or, or uh, Lee Majors almost didn't reprise his role in the fifth year? Yeah, in the fifth season, he held out for more money. And oh, the studios didn't want to pay him that much money, so they actually seriously considered replacing him in the fifth season. So I was doing a little bit digging. There's a book called The Bionic Book, and it's like a 400-page book all about the Bionic Man and, and Bionic Woman and all of that. Can you get that on Amazon? Is that or yeah, yeah, oh, that's Amazon. awesome. 
Excellent. And, um, anyway, so he, he's second there. Bruce Jenner, who was like the old yeah, like decathlon, you know, yeah. athlete, you know, Olympic athlete. He was on the Wheaties box. Yeah, he was on the Wheaties box. They yeah. considered him. And here, but here's the one that gets me. Gil Gerard. Was <laughs> Buck being Rogers. Buck. Debbie. Yeah. I do it. Debbie. 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 <laughs> hey, Buck. <laughs> Steve Austin. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad they just paid Steve what he wanted and they moved on. Well, yeah, since Gil Gerard, we should do a whole show on Buck Rogers. That's a gas. Okay, anyway, go ahead. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I thought that was kind of kind of interesting. There was one other thing too. There was an episode called a Christmas, a Bionic Christmas Carol. Yeah, I remember that one. And if you watch the episode, there's a there's, it's it's very much like. It parallels the, the, the Christmas Carol story, okay, with, with Scrooge. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and he goes into a department. Steve goes into a department store, and there's a shot of him standing there, and you can look behind him, mm-hmm. and there is a row of $6 million man action figures. That is cool. That's just and I'm so like, right. Okay, take me out of the moment, but still, <laughs> you know. <laughs> A gratuitous thing, you know. Okay. That is so. Funny. Let's sell those toys. That is so hilarious. <laughs> well, I I wanted to to say thank you so much, Richard. You you did so much great research on the Bionic Man or on the Six Million Dollar Man and the Bionic Woman, and and I just so appreciate all the information that you shared with us today. I I think if if anybody at all is out there listening that that loves the Bionic Man. Uh, you you probably really enjoyed going down memory lane with us. It was a lot of fun. So thank you for putting all this work and research into it. We have so much more information we could share. We could do like 300 Bionic Man episodes. You know, it would be hilarious. But uh, thanks so much, Richard, for all your hard work. And and as a, as a as a gift to you, I'm going to do something now. I'm going to play for you something really cool that I think you'll really enjoy. This is a song that I wrote specifically for this podcast. Oh, that's awesome! I can't yeah. wait to hear this. It's are you ready? It's called na 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 So you just prepare yourself and we'll be back to wrap things up in a moment. Excellent. Jamie, 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 Jamie,
Jamie Summers. Woo! Okay, everybody. Get ready. We got to break it down bionic style. Here we go. Repeat after me. na 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 There you go. No, 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 no. I love the Bionic Man. <sighs> Rick, you are you you are amazing in your ability to do these parodies. I have every one of your parodies 
on my iPhone. Good, good, good. So when you need a good laugh, you just crank them up, man. And Absolutely. And my kids are like, Dad, stop playing. <laughs> I know. My son PNG. is like, my son is like, Dad, stop it, stop it. Yeah, but I play them anyway, and I crank them up. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, in conclusion and wrapping things up, I just wanted to say I just love the Six Million Dollar Man. Uh, series and the Bionic Woman series, just they, they were just such a part of my childhood, really made me dream, and I just I have to profess right now as a geek, I love robots. I'm just telling you. I, I have to agree. I mean, as a kid, I can't tell you how many times I would pretend to be able to run, you know, 60 miles an hour yeah, and yeah. You know, pick up heavy things, and yeah. you know, it, it was. I won't say it was formative for my life or anything, but. It was one of those shows that you really could exercise your imagination and get a lot of enjoyment and, and, and include a lot of people involved. I mean, we would we we do whole episodes in my neighborhood, you know, yeah, you know, making stuff up. It, it was great. And even though, it, like I said, it's cheesy from a special effects standpoint today, but in its day, that was pretty awesome stuff. It really was. It really, really was. Very, very cool. And while we have uh, one last moment here, um, I wanted to, and I, on behalf of you, Richard, I'm going to say this too. Just want to thank Rico Dosti for uh, letting us do this program and for his podcast, uh, Treks in Sci-Fi. This is such a great podcast, and one of the reasons is because, Rico, you're so awesome about letting fans of the show and fans of science fiction and fantasy and and uh, the cool geeky stuff you let us talk about it and express ourselves and that's just a really cool thing so we just want to say thanks you do a great job we love the podcast and we sure appreciate you uh, letting us do this program today uh, ditto rico as i as i'll say like rick rico you rock yep and i mean if we i mean we've listened to your podcast for practically the entire four plus years that it's been in existence and I don't think I could get through the week if I didn't have it. I know. It's, it's, I know. it's such a part of my of my daily of my weekly routine yeah. to get in contact with the geek side, if you know what I mean. I agree. Very, very cool. Oh, one other thing. Um for those of us who love the Bionic Man and are looking for information a lot of the stuff that we talked about in our podcast today can be found online. If you Google the words Bionic Wiki, there's a huge Wikipedia site all about the Bionic Man and the Bionic Woman, all the movies and everything else, um, plot synopsis, everything. So if you're really into that or you want to you wanna rekindle and relive some of your Bionic goodness, that's the place to go. Very cool. Thanks. That's that's awesome. Well, that wraps it up for the six million dollar Treks in Sci-Fi podcast. I'm Rick Moyer. And I'm Rick Pete. Saying, have a great day. Adios. <laughs> You've been listening to Treks in Sci-Fi with Rico Dosti. Copyright 2009. All rights reserved. TrexInSciFi.com